from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee, I'm Jordan Lee. And I'm Piet Levy, music writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Every week we talk about music coming into Milwaukee and the music coming out of Milwaukee. This is Tapped In. Hello, Piet. How are you, my friend? Great, Jordan. I'm, I'm pretty pumped about this story I've been working on for a while. It's a story that's been on my like to-do list for ages, and it's finally either out now on JS Online or about to hit JS Online. It's really kind of diving into... This thing we've talked about a lot on, on the podcast and mm-hmm. the segment, uh, all ages music venues, and there's not really enough of them in Milwaukee. Absolutely. If you are under 21 and you want to spend your money on consuming music in the city of Milwaukee, there are plenty of hurdles that are stopping you from doing that. Of course, we know there are big rooms that it's easy to see an all ages show, the rave. Summerfest Grounds, Turner Hall Ballroom, the Miramar Theater. These are places that are big, established spaces that you can see a show if you're 18, 17, et cetera, et cetera. However, the great majority of small and upcoming music, underground bands, even startup groups in the city of Milwaukee have some major hurdles. And a lot of these hurdles really kind of cemented in 2003. Yeah, so my story kind of goes into this. There was an ordinance um, specification, essentially, that happened in 2003 that really kind of made things harder for underage people to go to shows at small clubs. So, you know, the, the Milwaukee followed the state statute yes. where if you, you know, the state statute basically indicates that alcohol can be served and you can have minors at a, um, a performing or visual arts center. But in 2003, the Milwaukee Licenses Committee, just kind of doing some digging, they, they thought that wasn't really specific enough. There wasn't really great enough definition in the statute about what constituted an arts center. And they wanted to add specific requirements for that arts center license. Um, there was a, the head of the uh, committee at the time, he, he said one major issue that kind of brought this up was they were concerned that like strip clubs could have 18 to 21 year olds who were there kind of mingling with adults uh, and could drink alcohol. That was kind of a big concern for them. So some of the requirements that came up included you had to, um, potentially have art on display regularly that was vouched by critics or experts. That was like one criteria that could qualify. Uh, or you had to have a stage that was at least 1200 square feet. The problem is you have venues like the Cactus Club, you know, and other small clubs that their stages are not that big and there's not this kind of regular art on site. So what happens is they they can't do all ages shows and sell alcohol. And alcohol is how everyone makes money. It's how Summerfest makes money. It's how the Bucks make their money. That's the truth of it. You know, it's how all shows make money. Whether you like it or not. Yeah. And you can't. And it's really hard. I talked to Peter Jess for the story who owns Shane Call. And he's like, there's no way you can be a small club, really, and operate without selling alcohol. Yes. So, you know, these clubs are basically forced to do, you know, shows for 21 and up. Or if they do all ages, they have to, like, lock away the liquor, but they don't really make a lot of money. Right. They can't sustain that. So there are folks who are, you know, having conversations around this. I know Kelsey from the Cactus Club has been a strong advocate of this and seeing some change. But now there is some new leadership in place that is open to maybe discussing this change. Yeah, so there's a new head of the licenses committee, uh, Alderman Nick Kovac, um, who's only been there probably, like, you know, 18 months or so. Right. Pretty new. Uh, so he's he's the head of the, the committee now. And something happened uh, recently that was pretty interesting that Kelsey, I interviewed also Kelsey for the story. She mm-hmm. thought this was a very big step forward where they permitted um, um, This Is It, which is the, the longest running uh, gay bar in Milwaukee. They yep. can have 18 and older nights now. And they can do that because they, they've installed this, um, the Wisconsin LGBTQ History Project's first permanent public display, kind of talking about the history of, uh, you know, of, of gay rights in Wisconsin right. and things of that nature. So because of that, the committee approved to have 18-year-olds at this bar uh, for some special nights. Um, so Kelsey thought this was a really positive thing that was happening. Uh, and I talked to Alderman Kovac, who, who basically said he's never really been approached by clubs before about this sort of issue or anyone really about this issue. Interesting. Specifically, no one's approached him. 
But he also feels like this ordinance, which happened before he was elected, you know, 16 years ago, um, it's not set in stone. It's not permanent. He right. sounded pretty open to changing. He basically said, I have a quote, like, you know, any venues that want to change should contact me or anyone on the council license committee. And they would, you know, do a little research. They would reach out to license holders, reach out to neighbors. Um, you know, he wants to be respectful of the rule. But at the same time, if there's a business that he feels would benefit from changing the rules, he would be open to changing the rule. So, Piet, as this article gets up, we want to dig in even deeper and editorialize this a little bit further and talk about, uh, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a personal limb. I'm going to share a personal story next on the podcast about how these rules have affected me throughout my life. And we're going to get into what could potentially change in the city's music scene if we were to change these rules. That's next on the podcast here on Tapped In. Stay tuned. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. Milwaukee Brewtown ska from the Invaders. Why am I playing the Invaders? Well, for me, at the age of 16 years old, I played my very first live concert in the city of Milwaukee, opening up for the Invaders. Piet, you don't know this about me, but uh, I was in a ska band that was on Moon Records in uh, 1997 called Skedaddle. Okay. We were based in Kenosha, Wisconsin. All right. And uh, we played trombone. I played the drums. Okay. Okay. Uh, And we opened up for artists like Highball Holiday, artists like The Invaders. And uh, we did that at the Globe East. Okay. Yeah. Which, uh, for those who have been in the Milwaukee scene for a while, you know it was a great club right on North Avenue. Uh, Recently turned into Lava, then Live, then it was Hotel Metro or Hotel Hotel Foster for a while. Um, This place was so so important to so many scenes, especially punk, electronic, underground music. It was just a great opportunity to uh, perform. I performed there at 16. I also performed there in my band Confusion at 18 and 19. But the club closed down, I think it was like 2000 or 2001. Yeah, yeah. And the opportunity for me to see shows at that time when I was just under 21 kind of eliminated completely when the globe shut down. Yeah. Now, imagine if you will, for a moment, had I not gone through those steps, I probably wouldn't have had the passion I have for the local music scene here. I probably wouldn't have felt as connected as I do to what's happening. And honestly, that drives the work that we do here at Radio Milwaukee. I mean, we are heavily invested. We are putting our mouth, our money where our mouth is to support the next generation of musicians, kids, young adults who are trying to make it in the music world here. This is what Radio Milwaukee stands beside and stands for. So, To say we've got some skin in the game on this would be an understatement. We very much want to see this move forward. And uh, the fact that we had mentioned just a moment ago, Alderman Kovac is open to the idea of talking about this. It's interesting to me that no one has actually directly talked to him because he is got a lot of entertainment venues in his district. Yeah, and I think that's also probably why he's so open to kind of that discussion. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I don't I don't see necessarily every club if if there every club kind of, you know, just rush, rushing out to necessarily do this. It's you know? not good for every club. Let's no, put that out there. no, it's not. It's not good for every club. And 
you know, some closers may not be that interested in it. You know, I talked to Peter Jess for the story. He he doesn't seem like, you know, I think he's open to a change, but I don't think he necessarily is thinking I'm going to make my club like for, you know, under 21 year olds. And based on the clientele that he brings in and the caliber of artists that he books, it doesn't. I can understand it doesn't make as much sense. But let's say we've also mentioned in this article Kelsey Kaufman, right? Yeah. Now, Kelsey is booking artists that they're, a lot of times their fan base is in college or even younger. Yep, yep. And that's a situation where a show that maybe gets 40 people in the door for her on a Thursday night, mm-hmm. if it was open to college students, she could sell it out. Yeah, probably so. And also, th- I mean, her room especially, uh, this happens to Shane Call too, so I'm not going to say it doesn't, but right. her room especially really fosters local music. Very much, uh, you so. know. There's a Very lot of local so. bands that play it because it's a, it's a small enough club that you know even if you're a, a band that doesn't have any sort of real major kind of reputation in the city, right. you can still play Cactus Club. It's still pretty open and inviting to lots of bands to kind of get their you know get their foot in the door and get kind of going. Right. You know, obviously, great big Milwaukee bands too also play there, but you can also be a, a little known band that can play a show there. Um, so I think it's nice to have a, that community there where you, where. I could see people who are under 21, if they're really passionate about music, right. they can really mingle with other people who are passionate about music there as well and meet other bands and meet people in the scene who are further ahead of them as well, too, and, and learn from them. There's just, I think, a lot of great opportunities that could come if the doors were were more accessible to all. I mean, we've talked about an artist like Ishtar so many times on this segment where, uh, again, had to kind of play in untraditional routes and paths and some of them actually not even legal places, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, right. To... to, to Cater to his audience. Yeah. I mean, if you're an 18-year-old rising rap star and you've got a bunch of 18 and 19-year-old fans, you're going to make a show happen wherever you got to make it and happen. That, and that really, I think, that illustrates maybe better than anything else how, um, in my opinion, kind of, you know, backwards this, this is. This, Absolutely. This, because this was a guy who was getting, like, national attention, millions of streams. Yes. And he couldn't— Huge his, bookings all yeah. over the world. Yeah, I remember Chloe Grace Moretz was, like, you know, tweeting about him. Right. And in his own hometown, he couldn't—he was very limited for where he could play. Yes. He couldn't do, a you know, a Cactus Club show, Um, you know. I mean, you know, he just couldn't do that. He could, he could play, like, he could play the rave. He did Summerfest. I remember the first time he played Summerfest, it was, like, a last-minute booking, and 6 o'clock on Tuesday. he was 20 at that time or something. He was 20. It's a 6 o'clock booking— the place was just mobbed with thousands of right. people. We did a show here, a Bands to Watch show for the Journal Sentinel. Right. This was an all, you know, you guys are nonprofit. Nonprofits can kind of get away with having all ages shows. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, the, the rules don't apply for them in the same way. We had Ishtar here. The place was mobbed with people mobbed. because he couldn't really get to play at, you know, um, real venues, even right. though he was really popular around the, around the country, around the world. Um, and I talked to other young musicians for this story. You know, they can technically play, you know, like I've seen um, Peter Jess has booked people who are underage to perform at Shank. Of course. That's and you can do that though. at Cactus Club. Um, I talked to a guy named K Stamp, um, who's 17. He's a jazz guitarist. He's a hip hop artist. Yep. Um, he can play there. The negative positive. They're a teen yeah. girl band. Um, they can play there too, even if it's a 21 over show. The problem is you can't sell those tickets to minors and their fans are their age. So even if they have a chance to yes. play these shows at these kinds of clubs, their own friends can't really go to the see them. Perform. I mean, this happened to me, and I mean, me and Kid Cut Up when we were coming up, we would play shows at you know uh, these venues. And Cactus Club is a great example. We opened up for someone at Cactus Club, and we were able to be employed because we were over eighteen. We got the gig, we got the money, but our, none of our friends could come in. Yeah, I mean, it's just like <laughs> this is a situation that really hinders the ability for the future growth of our city. 
again, let's keep, let's stay on this Istar example. There's undeniable talent, undeniable success metrics, and for our city's growth, this boils down to good business for entertainment in the city of Milwaukee. If Ishtar can sell tickets, can support a local venue, can employ people who are working the door, working the sound, selling sodas, whatever the case yeah, might be, yeah, yeah. this is employment opportunities for people in our city, and we're kind of stopping that from happening because, again, I understand we want to protect our city's youth. I'm standing for that, but there are ways we can be responsible and do it because they are going. They're going to Summerfest. There's beer yeah. and alcohol everywhere. They're going to Turner Hall. There's beer and alcohol there. They're going to the Eagles Club. There's beer. There's, it's already They're already around it. Yeah, exactly. We have to take responsibility, and we have to find safe and smart ways for them to be able to participate. Yeah, and other cities, exactly, well said. Other cities really, really do that. And I think by by with this law the way it is, it, it it does kind of hinder the local music scene. I remember talking to Ava Gesner for the story, who basically says she you know she has you know props to her and her friends for making this band out of Girls Rock Milwaukee, right. which is one of the, the the you know we should give a shout out to these youth programs that are involved in music. Oh like yeah. Girls Rock and Free Space, True, True School, School, Scratch Sessions. There's so many great things that are providing opportunities, but then this talent buds, and then where do they play? Exactly, and and that's what you know. Ava Gesner said that she has a lot of friends who talked to her about how. It's so amazing. It's so inspiring that they started a band, but they they are kind of intimidated to do it themselves. They don't really know where to go. They don't know how to do it. You know, they didn't. Uh, Gesner had this ability through Girls Rock and and this, this ambition to do so. But if you're able to open up the local music community to people like Gesner's friends who want to be more involved but really aren't allowed to be more involved, it could just make the music scene so much richer and the city so much richer. And a lot of times, these young adults have to play in places that are providing. In essence, this analogy I use, it's like you're serving a. Uh, Fagua on a paper plate. Do you know what yeah, I'm saying? Like yeah. they got the talent, they got the skill, but they're playing in a room that has no good lighting, mediocre sound, no professional sound engineers, mm. no professional services for the guests. And that changes the concert experience. I mean, you and I have seen mediocre bands in great rooms mm-hmm. and the experience is much better yeah, than if yeah. they were playing at, you know, a VFW hall or something right, like right, that. Right, right. So I think that's also uh, our responsibility here in the music scene to provide these talented young individuals uh, a real presentation. Everyone wants that Summerfest slot because you're going to get pro sound, great look, great audience participation. I mean, that's that's why something like Summerfest is such a coveted opportunity for an 18 or 19 year old band. But again, what do you do in June? What do yeah. you do in even January right. if you're a band of that caliber? Yeah, exactly. The good news is, you know, we'll have to see what's, what happens with this ordinance. It's interesting that the, that the alderman is so open to possibly changing it. It's not going to happen unless people really kind of knock on his door. Right. And even then, it's going to take a lot of kind of review and consideration. Yep. And there's obviously so many other major issues that the, uh, you know, the committee needs to look at. But um, in the meantime, while we wait and see what changes, if anything changes, it's nice to see that there are some places that, besides the programs we mentioned, mm-hmm. that are able to have uh, all ages. Um, like X-Ray Arcade is a, yes. is a new, uh, newish venue opened in February in Cudahy. Because it's in Cudahy, uh, it doesn't the, the Milwaukee statute rules don't apply. Right. So all their shows are all ages. They could still sell alcohol and make money from alcohol, but they're all ages. And you know, um, the the guy, the main kind of owner who behind it is Nick Woods, who's from Direct Hit, and he was like, you know, Ava Gesner's age when he yep. was really getting into the music scene. He was doing a lot of DIY shows, and he still sees the value now. That he's thirty four in providing that kind of community for people. That's what he. He felt like he learned so much more from the music community growing up than he did for him personally at school. Right. Um, so he wants to be able to provide that kind of outlet for for people who are teens who you know need to find some sort of 
direction. And again, that opportunity is provided because Cudahy has a little bit of a different approach to this law. But yeah. what we're talking about here specifically in the city of Milwaukee, there's a large concentration of music venues in here. And uh, that is ultimately the epicenter of any state, right? Anywhere you go, the city becomes the center point and everything bleeds out from there. Um, I know for a fact, um, it, for me growing up again in Kenosha, we had small clubs that did offer us opportunities to play shows. Those things would go away after a year or two. They never really survived. But mm. yeah, if, you, if you're 16 and you've got a lot of talent and you don't have a place to play, you're, you're probably going to just give up on it eventually. Yeah, right, exactly. I mean, there's like there are some places that are small that can do all ages because of the kind of businesses they are. Right. Uh, the Backroom Collective of Coffee. Great example. A lot of times they, they work with the Paps Group and they're usually booking national stuff. It's, exactly. You might see some local things that are bigger there or things open, but um, it's not like a cactus that just has is churning out lots of local content right. all the time. Right. And same with Anodyne. There is some local stuff there too, but a lot of times their audience is a little bit older. Yes. They've had some all-ages shows. It's been yes. great to see, but again – they kind of cater to like a bit of an older clientele, absolutely. Uh, than Cactus does generally. Well, and you know, we also haven't talked much about the new state, which yeah, is, I mean, them. that that's kind of their like driving mission statement is to try to like tick away at this. Yeah. So the new state uh, that's also in this story at jsonline.com, mm-hmm. um, it's this really ambitious uh, proposal um, to convert uh, a shuttered business. The last business that was there was the Hoots uh, Strip Club and closed in 91. Right. Uh, it's probably best known for being the site of the Palms Nightclub, yes. which ran from 79 to 86. Uh, An and important part of the music scene here at that part, particular there, time. There were some little-known bands called U2 and Metallica and The Police <laughs> and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers who all played there before they became massive, massive superstars. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of great local history there. Right now, the place is in pretty poor shape. There was a yeah. fire there a couple years ago. Yeah. There's holes in the floors. There's signs warning of asbestos all over the place. Um, but um, it's now kind of owned by this um, budding nonprofit organization that is trying to raise $3.5 million. Again, this is a very lofty goal, but they want to turn it into a creative hub, uh, an all-ages creative hub, essentially, especially focusing on teens and youth, where you know they can put on shows there in a 415-capacity room and kind of split up the room a little bit for some different kinds of things. They want to offer 40 hours a week of workshops for, for young artists. Uh, there'll be recording studios there from Mammoth um, that where people can, they can rent out yeah. the studios, but they can also do some tutorial things there, too. And they just they want this to be yeah this this young creative hub, um, you know the people some of the people behind it include uh, Jan Zabat from Free Space, um, you know who she just felt like there just there aren't enough creative outlets and spaces dedicated to young adults to explore and flourish and practice self expression in Milwaukee and mm-hmm. I think she's absolutely right absolutely and uh, you know in in Milwaukee a lot of those teens are are really kind of cut off from a lot of those kinds of experiences and she felt like you can't really get some of those experiences watching movies hanging out in a friend's basement you really need to. Yeah. You know, have a stage, have a spotlight to really kind of grow and shine, and the new state wants to offer that. And share ideas, share enthusiasm, yep. and, and cross-pollinate. I mean, a lot of the greatest music scenes in the history of American music, there's cross-pollination. There are artists who are collaborating with each other, and you, it's no it's no coincidence that some of your favorite artists are also playing on your other favorite artists' records because it's, this is a crossover. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's, it's a really... I mean, it's there's a lot of excitement about this. Again, it's very lofty. It's yes. a big, it's a big fundraising goal. This 3.5 million, um, but you know, the, I think the the mission makes a lot of sense. And you know, you can again read more about it at the, at the article on jsonline.com. There's going to be some events at this pocket park uh, near the new state this summer. You can look at. They're going to do some fundraising things there too. A lot to kind of dig into and, and process. There's 
a lot here. I really hope this this article um, creates some good discussion and maybe some change. Me too. And, and ultimately, we encourage you, of course, if you subscribe to JS Online, if you're a member of Radio Milwaukee, you're already putting your money where your mouth is. You understand the value of the content that we produce. So if this issue is important to you, we encourage you to get out there, make a change, reach out to Alderman Nick Kovac, reach out to your alderman or older woman in your district and tell them what you want to see change in the city of Milwaukee to give these young men and women new opportunities. Tapped In is produced by Kenny Perez. Our handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from you, our members, and our subscribers. That's how we do the great work we do. You can subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, NPR Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Piet, I will see you next time for Tapped In. See you next time.